Hello, fellow OCD warriors. I'm Christina Orlova, your host on the OCD Whisperer podcast, your trusted companion in the battle against OCD. If you're like me and understand the struggles of living with OCD, then you're in the right place. But before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about something incredible. Get your OCD survival kit today at www.onlineocdacademy.com. It's filled with amazing resources to aid you in all things OCD, whether you're on a tight budget or just looking to supercharge your progress. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome to OCD Whisper Show. Today with me, I have two incredible guests. There's Natalia Aisas, who is an LPC, and she's the founder of Kairos Wellness Collective, a holistic OCD clinic in Boulder, Colorado. Her maladaptive perfectionism drove her out of a difficult childhood to Harvard College, then Harvard Law, before she found her true calling as a mother and an OCD specialist. She's passionate about mental health advocacy and honesty from healers about our own ongoing struggles. And you can follow her center at kairoswellnesscollective.com. And also today we have Matthew Williams. He is a clinical herbalist with an advanced degree in traditional Chinese medicine. Matthew was raised near Seoul, South Korea, where he learned to prepare traditional herbal medicine from his maternal grandparents. This experience sparked a lifelong passion for using natural medicine to create balance and promote a healthy harmony of mind and body. And he is the co-founder of Kairos Wellness Collective and head of the psychedelic program. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So for anybody who is listening or watching us today, part of why I wanted to kind of talk to you both is because you both also kind of have knowledge education about psychedelic treatment for OCD and sounds like also some, you know, herbal natural remedies. So it's like big topics to discuss. So I'm sure anybody listening right now, as I know my OCD audience, they're going to be dying to know what is the current research for psychedelic treatment for OCD? Kind of where are we with that? Is there anything that, you know, works on the market? So anything that you could share with us about that? Yeah, there's actually been a lot of research, especially with Medicine like ketamine, for example, which we offer here at Kairos. With the ketamine, we found that uh, it helps kind of definitely with, with the rigidity in thinking. We found that it helps open, kind of changes the perspective a lot, especially with OCD. We get kind of like a black and white thinking. And with the, with the ketamine, um, the way it fires up the neurons and there's a lot of, it, you know, encourages neuroplasticity. So it, it definitely helps challenge a lot of the intrusive thoughts, the kind of the, you know, the rumination, and it ultimately gives you kind of more bandwidth to be able to do the ERP and the other evidence-based therapies that we found that are helpful for OCD. So oftentimes the folks that we see, they've tried other methods and they're kind of getting like a bit of a, a rut. Maybe they're stuck. They're not getting the forward momentum. And so the, uh, the psilocybin and the psychedelic medicines, all that kind of stuff with the ketamine, are all tools that are helping to kind of get people unstuck, Mm -hmm. essentially. And I guess uh, I mentioned psilocybin. Currently in Colorado, it's decriminalized. However, there's a bit of a gray area legally as far as being able to provide it in a therapeutic setting. Hopefully, we'll be able to to offer that here in the next year or so is the timeline. So I just wanted to put that out there for people that are, are curious about trying psilocybin as a OCD treatment. Right now, currently, you can do it recreationally at home, but as far as treatment for OCD, we're not offering that quite yet. Got it. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. 
So for me, and, and I'm the lead clinician on the therapeutic side, the clients that I end up recommending to Matthew are ones for whom, like you said, people who are plateaued in their treatment or have tried multiple modalities, but also people that really need that sort of sea change to move from ego, egocentonic OCD to really being egodystonic with their OCD. So people who have been, for example, perfectionists and high achievers, which we get a lot of here in Boulder, people who have done really well by following those CD rules, like how do we actually get them to shift their thinking to a more holistic lens of how their life can be balanced without that OCD? So those are the clients that I really love getting into ketamine treatment, people who maybe lack that internal motivation to shake things up. And it's more maybe like spouses that are saying like, hey, like you need to be less rigid. This is, this is really affecting us. Got it. Yeah. Can I just say, I really love that you clarified that because I, I know anybody listening, of course, in the you know OCD world, when people hear like egocentric, what do you mean? I thought OCD is always egodystonic. Like I, I know, right? Like any person with OCD is going to kind of attach to that a little bit. So I just want to highlight that for anybody listening right now. Love that, you know, like, yeah, it can appear, especially with perfectionism, OCD, or like you said, when there's certain internal rules that OCD kind of impacted in you creating and and they do work for a little while, right? Because the thing is some things do work for a little while until until they don't, until they really take over and suddenly you're paralyzed. So yeah, that was great to to kind of bring that into this. I'm kind of curious, you know, again, for for most people listening, just to, you know, really be honest and direct about things. Like you said, right, Matthew, that you can, you know, in some places get mushrooms. And let's be honest, people do sometimes take things recreationally. Like would be a miss to, to all sit here and pretend that doesn't happen. But for folks, you know, with OCD who are, who, because of course, when we, when you're in the throes of an OCD attack, I mean, all you want is just for it to stop. Like people will do anything and everything, right. To get out of that state of panic, anxiety, just pain. And so, you know, with, with ketamine, I don't think I've quite heard some of the things you're describing in terms of the neuroplasticity and other aspects that you find that it actually helps with. Could you explain that a little more exactly? How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. Recently uh, in Denver, we hosted a psychedelic conference. Uh, It was really huge, presented by MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Science. Well, I got it on the first try. And so during that, uh, we had amazing guest speakers. And there's a when I went there, I specifically looked for speakers speaking on OCD specifically, and there was you know, a handful. And the one that was really piqued my interest was uh, a two-year study that was done through Stanford Medical School, and they were using psilocybin, uh, some microdosing. And the psilocybin, as well as ketamine, they kind of operate in the same fashion as far as uh, it's a building the brain out for neuroplasticity, same mechanisms. And so what they found was that with standalone microdosing, they're able to see a lot more coherence, a lot more bandwidth to be able to do the ERP, to do all these other modalities of uh, therapy. And these are intensive patients. So they're able to see this, this uh, with the 12 weeks they're doing this. And so they were able to monitor these clients very closely. And they're seeing that there was a huge increase in self-propelled exposure therapy, 
as well as the anxiety levels going down. Like you were mentioning before, they were getting that relief of that voice being turned down. Yep. That's a huge part of that. What the psychedelic medicine really does, it, it changes perspective. And by doing so, it lights up the neurons in your brain that have been kind of not firing as much, you know, with, with anxiety, depression, and OCD, there's parts of the brain that are not lit up the same way. And over years and years and years of this, this your brain kind of gets stuck. And so um, the psychedelic medicine lights everything up and allows that room for growth. And that's why we really push for integration, which is huge, because there's a lot of companies now that are offering for you to do the psychedelic and the ketamine at home and mm-hmm. in, in, in your comfort of your own bedroom, unsupervised. Right. And, done. Yeah, or they go into it. When you go in, you, you get an IV set up, they leave the room, they come yeah. back, they send you on your way. And they said, well, if you'd like to get some therapy, here's a list of providers. There's a referral list. Yeah. And for us, what, what I feel like our secret sauce is that we, before you can actually get another, another ketamine session, there has to be integration. Like there has to be a therapeutic session before mm-hmm. your next session, just to make sure that we're on you know, the right course and uh, that you're getting the, the, you know, the benefit from it. And a, a great resources too, to find out the, the science behind the ketamine. Actually, uh, Andrew Huberman is a doctor out of California, has a great podcast as well, as far as going into the science of all the different chemicals that are happening, the you know, the glutamate receptors, receptors and the block, the blocking of. You mean, the, you uh, mean the Huberman Lab podcast? Yes. yes. Oh yeah, he's amazing. Oh my god, I love him. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I would say I would answer your question anecdotally, personally. So I'm very passionate about sharing with people that I have OCD, that we have OCD, and we've tried all the treatments that we offer at our center, and that's part of the principle that Kairos was built on. That we are not going to be doing only ERP because as humans, we did not respond to only ERP. We needed a holistic intervention. So for me and my personal experience of ketamine as part of my OCD journey, when people used to tell me, Natalia, just relax. I'd be like, what? Like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't even know what you mean by that. This was the first time that I even had a glimpse of what it's like to have a quiet prefrontal cortex have all of those intrusive thoughts just just stop for you know one hot second to give me some breath give me some space to be like am I really spending my time doing the things that I care about that's what ketamine did for me and so it allowed me to have different like by the end of eight treatments or what it what I like had a pretty different value system to be really honest, and I'm sort of a reformed perfectionist is how I would put it. And I, I see with, with ketamine work that we have this opportunity to, to really change the narrative that goes on in our heads. I really, I truly feel like a different person having gone through that than before. That was my experience. Can I ask you a question? Because I, you know, one thing I know that generally people are aware of, like with ketamine, it's it's usually short-lived. It's not it's not like a long-lasting agent. It's not something that people, I would say, generally would would envision having to take for a while. So, can you just explain to us a little bit of how does it like how does that work, or what would that look like if you're taking something that's kind of shorter acting? But you're mentioning like eight sessions or 
12 sessions and that it actually changes, right? Because I imagine while you're, let's say, taking it, of course, you're having that relief, but then when you're not, things will come back. So how, how, what's that kind of bridge in between, right? To go from that to actually what you're, you got, you're both describing. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the activation period, when you're starting to see the, the colors and the shapes and the, the sensations um, that during the trip, what's happening is that, like I said, all the neurons are firing, your brain is lighting up. And yes, you metabolize the chemicals from the ketamine very quickly. The experience is over fairly, fairly fast, depending on the dosing. But the cumulative effect of doing that therapy, like on a weekly basis, it is there is a cumulative effect there. Mm -hmm. And so it is rewiring or or creating those synapses to fire together that have not been firing. Mm -hmm. And that's that is much longer lasting. And then as you are able, that's why integration is so important. As it's like learning a new language. Once you start making that progress, these these synapses are fusing. Mm -hmm. And so there is that, you know, that opportunity to move forward and that it's not just once it passes out of your body that it's out. Those synapses are being formed. Yes. And the connections are being formed during that process. And so that's why the integration is so important to strike while the irons. So after you do a ketamine session and after Matthew explained really clearly that the psychedelic phase is over, at that point, you're just in this sort of calm. You're in this repose, emotional and mental repose. And that is when you have the most potential for integration, for change, for insight. So we encourage our clients to go home and journal. We live in beautiful boulders, so go out into the mountains, like really take the time to savor that quieted mind. For the first 24 to 48 hours, you can really have these incredible insights. And then, you know, after, as Matthew said, like after doing like seven or eight sessions, we consider the treatment to be more or less over. Some people need like a once a month. However, that's when most people feel like they've made enough progress that they are ready to like really drill down into the other OCD work they've been doing, the ICBT, the ERP. Yeah, and that's a huge part of what we spend a lot of time with our clients is that we try to measure expectations. There's a lot of psychoeducation involved. There's a lot of misinformation out there, obviously with, with ketamine and other psychedelic or even other modalities, really. And the insight is what we really strive to get. And everyone's uh, journey is different. But uh, what I love about this type of medicine it does give you that ego death. OCD, you tend to be so much inward and so focused on everything. It really, it's a letting go. It's a surrender. And it's, it's a beautiful thing, especially, you know, I suffer from OCD as well. And, and relinquish of control and surrendering is such a huge part. And this medicine really makes that transition much easier. Gives you the tools to do so. That sounds pretty incredible. So I, I have another question question that maybe so okay one thing that caught me here since you mentioned that you've studied herbalism and have a degree in traditional Chinese medicine so I'm just curious is there anything from that angle or lens as well that you do or add or talk about with with you know folks who reach out to you well absolutely everyone like I said everyone is an individualized sort of care treatment plan but we're able to definitely take a lot of the concepts of traditional Chinese medicine, like it's kind of balancing the yin and the yang, 
And sometimes if there's a disharmony there, we try to approach that as well. So I'll give you an example. A lot of times when we're doing a session, if I find that the person isn't is really kind of resistant and not really kind of settling in their own body, I'll do some acupressure points to really kind of activate the vagus nerve. It's, it, you know, really kind of gets you settled in. And those are all like traditional Chinese medicine concepts of being kind of connected to more of your body, understanding breath, getting your mental state kind of more aware and more present. It's all about being present-minded during these sessions as well. And so I use a lot of traditional Chinese medicine concepts. But as far as like the herbal medicine, that's kind of further down, down the road as far as treatment and trying to getting... There's some physiological things that can happen. I can concoct a tea that helps with nausea even during after sessions. Those are the always available for clients. Uh, but there are other things that if you have trouble sleeping, trouble concentrating, there's actually a lot of great herbal remedies that help with that as well. So That's pretty cool. So kind of if I, if I understand correctly, it's almost like somebody can come and I'm a big fan of holistic approaches myself, but like if you come and like you're, you're more in that state of more immediacy, right? An urgency because you're feeling so horrible, right? Like we're trying to, you try to address that. And it sounds like in your clinic, it might be through both different, the different therapies, right? So we're saying psychedelic medicine as well as actual therapy. And then once we've got a little bit of a handle on that, and maybe throughout somewhere in there, also looking at other things like you just mentioned, right? Okay, let's stabilize your sleeping better. Let's get the stress down. Let's get you in your body through using these different, you know, herbs and and like you said, the traditional Chinese medicine concepts, and and kind of really look at it from all the different angles to, right, help the person really come back to them, themselves, essentially, right, and 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 kind of grow and heal and, like you said, have new awareness and insight. Well, absolutely. Since it's, uh, by nature, you know, ketamine and other psychedelics are disassociative, right? And so it's really important that we make sure that we get you back into your body and you feel comfortable uh, so that you're connected. And with some of that, I'll give you another example of, of using different modalities during ketamine therapy is that uh, sometimes with the OCD can be trauma-based. And so we'll incorporate EMDR with the therapy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's great kind of with a bilateral stimulation during mm-hmm. during ketamine session, mm-hmm. even uh, learning the concepts of resourcing concepts of EMDR, of keeping a safe container and having, you know, so that we don't let people go into, a, you know, the K-hole, the dreaded K-hole that everyone talks about. Mm-hmm. It's so important to make sure that someone is is in a stable place before they do this medicine as well, which mm-hmm. which is why I encourage people to do this in a controlled setting rather than doing it at home because if you had a really bad day or some sort of dysregulation and you decided to go home and do this you can find yourself very you know easily into the cable which is which is a state of where a distress of anything that might have bothered you that day or some things that might have been coming up from your past it's heightened mm-hmm. and your concept of time is different when you're having a trip five minutes could seem like a lifetime and so that's a very traumatic thing to do if you're having a negative experience to seem like you're in there for hours when it's only five minutes. So. Yeah. And the other thing I would add, though, that dosing matters a lot. So here at Kairos, we're very conservative with dosing, usually sort of depending on people's metabolism, because we want people to be only dissociated enough that they are still able to engage. And so therefore, for example, Matthew, in addition to running our psychedelic program, also works as an exposure response prevention guide coach. And he knows to 
how people react to their triggers when they're not on the ketamine versus how they do when they're on. So ketamine, usually, if it's the right dose, you've got this lightness to you. You've got this sense of, you've let go of that sort of doom and gloom, energetic pull, catastrophic thinking that OCD usually gives us. And we're able to say, now, I want you to imagine, you know, let's bring this intrusive thought into this session. So I'll do this when someone's on ketamine. I'll say, so tell me about stabbing your roommate in the middle of the night. And, you know, that I know with the dosing that that's not going to take them into that sort of K-hole. It's actually, they're going to be able to laugh at that. They're going to be able to even visualize like putting that on a balloon and watching it float away. You have a lot more perspective when you're on ketamine versus when you're off it, you're stuck in, as Matthew said, those like rigid, well-trodden pathways in your brain. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure everybody listening right now, there's going to be more questions, but I think just even as a, you know, kind of getting a little bit of wrapping our brains around it kind of, and one of the things I like to promote on, on, on the show here is just talking about, you know, what is available, right? That there are options because as many individuals as there are in the world, that's all the different ways that OCD is experienced, right? It's no, some experiences can be similar, but of course we're all having our own. So, you know, it's great to hear that there can be other combinations, right? If somebody really resonates with this as they're listening, that they know that there's, that this exists, right? That they could look into this. And I know you mentioned psilocybin and it sounds like that is not available, at least not yet with, with your clinic, but do you know, generally, if anybody's listening, is that available somewhere right now as part of a treatment or is it a study or? So as far as uh, legally right now in Colorado, you can't sell it. That's the thing. So we found that places are, are offering to hold space while, you know, they, they gift the mushrooms to you and then you take them and then they're just holding the space. So that's a little bit of a gray area. So we, we've kind of stayed away from that because we are trying to offer therapy. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of retreat centers that you can bring your own mushrooms, they'll hold space for you and do it that way. But as far as doing it with therapists it's like i said it's, it's hard to, it's hard to find like but you've got plenty of coaches you've got shamans you got you know these are a plethora of people that are willing to offer it to you we're just just we had a, a note of caution there because you know there's not all the safeguards that need to be placed but we're looking like the color to moving fairly quickly on this within the year like by december maybe by early next year we'll have a lot more clarity on on, on this topic for sure. and we're gathering we have an interest list at our center and it's soon enough down the pipeline. I would also encourage anyone that is interested in psilocybin to consider trying ketamine first. Ketamine is an incredibly safe drug that we know exactly how to dose it. It's been studied extensively with OCD and it's it's doing the same thing. So potentially in a less, you know, it's a little bit less sexy than the, than the mushrooms, but it is like very, very effective. Yeah, for people that want to do these, you know, larger doses too, it's like the pinky toe on the pool. The great thing about what we mentioned before with ketamine is that it, it is it's a short half-life. You metabolize it very quickly. Mushrooms, depending on the strain yeah. and depending on the, you know, your body metabolism, there's a, there's a lot of like wiggle room. So, so I've seen mushroom trips last five hours, you know? And so it's, I personally, in this framework of therapy, I like the ketamine because 
I know like it's, it's very tight. It's, yes. it's, it's very easy to, to uh, plan around yes. the mushrooms. You're like, okay, I'm going to hold space for maybe this entire day, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, like you fun. said, there's a couple of things there, right? One is there still sounds like clinical trials that are being done to learn exactly the dose or the strain and all of that. Cause it sounds like that's a lot of variables. And also, like you said, I think it's really important for people to hear that it's not just go be with a shaman and no disrespect to shamans, but if you have OCD, you also really do want to be with, with folks who actually treat OCD and really understand it because that really is a very different way to work than, you know, talk therapy or anything else really. So I think that is an important piece to have in the room. Yeah. And I would say for somebody who their only option where they live is to do ketamine, that's like mail order or ketamine that is like at an IV clinic where there's no integration, feel free to reach out to us. Matthew can do online integration as well, help people. Like we, we both, because there's not that much availability of clinicians like us, we've both done online sessions or holding space for psychedelic journeys. It's not like the easiest thing in the world, but it does, it does work and it's much better than not receiving treatment. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for coming on the show. Oh, I'm so sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I said that's this line of work. Uh, we've, I've found that flexibility is the key. Like you mentioned before, you know, everyone is in a different place and, you know, and then OCD presents in a different way for everyone. And so we just have to be flexible. And so, yeah. yeah, I love that. I, I love hearing that from, you know, people who are in the field, right? And I think flexibility is such a key ingredient just in everything. Yeah. I just, I first of all, just really, truly appreciate this conversation. I'm really grateful you both came on here. And for anybody who is listening today and that are like, oh my God, I want to connect to you guys. How can they find you? Our website, www.kairoswellnesscollective.com. They can email also help at kairoswellnesscollective.com. That's, you'll get right in touch with either of us and you can even text us directly. All of our contact information is on our site. So. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, I appreciate you uh, holding space and uh, definitely bringing awareness to OCD. I really appreciate that. Yeah, so, we love your podcast. Yeah. So oh, thank you thanks. for doing it. Yes, I'm really honored. Thanks for joining us on the OCD Whisper podcast. Remember, your path to freedom from OCD, it's a journey. Visit www.onlineocdacademy.com for self-help masterclasses that fit your journey, your pace, and your budget. We understand that not everybody can afford a specialist, and that's why we're here to provide accessible resources. Subscribe, rate, and share, and together we can overcome the challenges of OCD. Stay strong, and we'll catch you on the next episode.